Welcome everyone to Drisha's spring program and the third class in this series on the world of doubt with Rabbanit Yael Shimoni. And with that, I'll turn this to you, Rabbanit Shimoni. Okay, so today uh, we're going to try to finish this part because uh, uh, our next session, I, I want to open a different sugya. Well, so, so that's really where we're aiming. But again, we will see how we go because it's more important for me to go slowly and thoroughly uh, than to cover a lot of ground here because there is a lot of ground to cover when it comes to spekot. It's a very, very big sugya. Um, so, so again, the, your participation has been great up to now and I've enjoyed it greatly. So, so, so we will see if we finish, we finish. And if not, uh, we will remain and have a little bit more next week in addition to the extra uh, bit of doubt that I want to talk about. Um, so first of all, as I said in the year before, I, I want to sum up where we're standing. That's what I learned from Rabbi Lichtenstein, so we can hold what we have together. I started this class first by asking you your thoughts about, uh, about how lenient should we be when it comes to doubt. And then we started from the Rishonim, we did not start from the Gemara. And we learned the Machloket between the Rambam and the Rashba, which is what we finished last time. We saw two different views, uh, a big Machloket between these two great Rishonim, the Rambam who's one of the greatest, uh, but the Rashba who's part of a different group of Rishonim who is also very, very great. And, and a very interesting Machloket, a deeply philosophical Machloket. Does the Torah uh, think that doubt is something that we should consider as humans? Should we be machmir, midoraita? The Rashba says, yes, when you have a doubt when it comes to uh, issues in dinei doraisa, you have to take a step back. You have to be stringent because the Torah tells you you should be stringent. It's an ideal that we have in the Torah itself. And the Rambam says, no, from the Arisa, you don't have to take a step back. From the Arisa, you can be lenient. The ones who said that you should be stringent are Chachamim. It's Adin the Rabbanan. In the eyes of God, Midoraita, there is nothing there when it comes to doubt. Doubt means you as a human person don't have to consider it. That's how we read the Rambam in the first place. And the second machloket was around the Gemara of Mamzerim, that the Rambam read that Gemara in a very, very different way than what we're used to reading it. Instead of seeing the Deen of Mamzerim as a Deen that is very unique in the Torah, the Rambam said that's how we learn that Safek is Mutal, Safek Yavoba Kahal, that what's written there in Kiddushin is actually an idea that covers the entire ground of the Torah. What more was surprising in the Rambam is that he didn't break it up to things that are more crucial and things that are less crucial, which is what we thought as people. We thought if it's something that's very central, we'll be stringent. And if it's something that's not so central or if it doesn't hurt another person, we'll be lenient. The Rambam said, I don't care about the level. I'm saying something that is all over the ground. It covers everything. You are never stringent midoraita. It's only midorabanan. Sveka deoraita lechumra midarabanan, said the Rambam. The Rashba said, Sveka deoraita lechumra midoraisa. That was the machloket. And then 
we started working with the Rashba that has many, many questions towards the Rambam and we decided that we will work with the first question because as we will see today, it's a whole sugya in itself that is actually discussing the issue of uh, doubt in a very serious way. And that is the korban of Asham Talui, one of the very special korban written in Vaikra, a korban that when we read the Torah many times, we don't stop to, to understand it fully. And we started to look at it more closely. And what we saw is that the Torah says that if somebody is unsure if he did an avira, uh, that, that is chayav chatat, he's not, he doesn't know, he's uncertain. He has to bring a korban, a sham talui. And that korban is very expensive. It's 48 times more expensive than the korban of chatat. And then it was a very strange uh, thing in the Torah. Why, if I'm not sure if I ate chelev, I have to bring a very expensive korban. And when I find out that I actually did it, I have to bring something that is much, much less expensive. Chatat is two, two slayim and, uh, and asham ail is 48 slayim. Manim, 48 times more. Why? Why does the Torah do that? And I, and I asked you that question and we had beautiful answers here, which I enjoyed greatly. And, and what you said, uh, there were two different, different answers. One answer was that uh, if somebody is, is, is lenient when it comes to not knowing if he's doing something very, very chamur, very serious, that in itself is a problem. A person who wants to keep the Torah has to be much more uh, resourceful and take that step back. And if he doesn't take that step back, that, that in itself is a very, very big Avera. That in itself is much more serious than actually doing the Avera. Because it means that, that you don't understand what it means uh, uh, to, to, to take care of with the Torah. Torah is something that we have to take care of and, 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 and try to do the best we can. To, to, to be makbid on, on what God says, especially if it's a chamuot. So, so how, how come you're playing around with it? That was one idea. Another idea was that if a person is not sure if, if, if he did an avera, that's very problematic because th that can cause also society to act in a very problematic way. The society itself will allow itself all kinds of gray lines uh, in places that we are very fearful. And that's why the Torah said to bring something very expensive in order to create a wall to keep the entire society away from this world of doubt. And these two svarot came from, from this class and I thought they were beautiful. And then I showed you uh, a svara that, that's in the Rishonim, the Ramban and Rabbeinu Yonah, that they said, uh, they, they, gave, they gave a different idea. They said a person, well, why does a person bring korbanot? Oh, we're so far of the world of korbanot that, that we really don't, <laughs> we don't really think in, in that sense. But, but the Ramban reminded us that the reason why a person brings a korban is because he wants kapara. He wants to be cleaned. And the korban is a way to clean himself. And says the Ramban, it is much harder to clean yourself if you're doubtful because you're not sure if you did it, so you don't really want to do tshuva because you don't really know if you're if if it's your fault, if you're guilty, and that's why God tells you, 
you're guilty. Bring Hashem. Bring it. Even though you're not true, bring it. You have to work harder to make tshuva in such a situation. And Rabbi Nuyona said similar things, but he, he had a very nice statement. A person that's not true, if he did something, so he, he makes svaros. He says, oh, I was probably okay. Oh, probably nothing happened. How can you do tshuva in such a situation? It's very hard. So in order to allow a person to change his mindset and do tshuva on something that he's not sure that he actually did wrong, it's much. It, it, it's so hard for us to say, to say, I'm sorry. It's much harder for us to say, I'm sorry, if I'm not sure that I'm guilty. But maybe you are. So that's why the korban should be more expensive. So these were three different svarot. Uh, one in the Rishonim and two from, from, from this class, which are very beautiful. And then I asked you at the end of the lesson. So if we look at, at, at the Torah, who's right? Rashba or Rambam? Who's right? Does the Torah think that if I'm doubtful, I should take a step back? What does the Torah have to say about it? And everybody um, thought that the Rashba seems to be right. How can the Rambam explain Ashantalui. What, what is his understanding? It's written in the Torah that you have to take, to take a step back. And if you don't, it's a problem. So how can the Bamam say that Safek is just a Din Rabbanan if you bring a Korban? Well, very hard question. That's the first question that the, the Rashba asks. And we went back to the Rambam and we saw that the Rambam says, I don't think it's a problem. He doesn't explain why. He doesn't help us understand how does he see Hashem Tului. So that was our big question at the end of this year. Rambam, please teach us Hashem Tului. Tell us, how do you read the sukya? But the Rambam is silent. He's not here to teach us his shir. If he would be alive, I would run to, to, to hear the Rambam's shir on Hashem Tului. But we, we have no choice but to try to give the shear instead of the Rambam. <laughs> we have to stand in his place because it's obvious. He, of course, he knew about Hashem Talui. He also mentioned this. So, so, so how does he see this in a different light? So that's what we're doing today, going deep into Hashem Talui and trying to understand the two sides, the Rashba, which now we understand very well, but we have to understand the Rambam. Okay, so any questions up till now? This, this was just a short summary to get to get us in. So we're all good to go. Okay, so uh, I, I, I'm mitpaleleet. <laughs> that uh, that we're, what we're saying is, is close to what the Rambam really thinks. I don't know, but, uh, but but we will try. So so in order to do this, we need to learn a little bit more about Hashem Talui. Let's move to the Gemara. Up till now, we were in the Psukim. Let, let, let's move to Tarasha Be'alpeh. What does the Tanaim and the Gemara have to say about Hashem Talui? And, and will that help us understand the Rambam? So I'm sharing my screen. Uh, this is where we were. Read the Rambam, And now, I'm going hardcore learning about Hashem Tului in the Mishnah and the Gemara. So I'm reading the Mishnah in the uh, Kretot Daf Kofhei. Uh, Rabbi Eliezer. Before we read what Rabbi Eliezer thinks, we have to remember that Rabbi Eliezer is from Bet Shammai. 
Do you know? Do you know that Rabbi Eliezer is is a shmuti? So let's keep keep this in mind when we read what he thinks about Hashem Tali. Rabbi Eliezer Omer, mitnadev adam Hashem Tali bechol yom uvechol et sheirze hu haya nikra Hashem Chasidim. Says Rabbi Eliezer, Yael, you know. You can bring this korban, Hashem Talui. You can bring it whenever you want, every day or whenever you feel like it, and it has a name. When you do this, we call it the Hasidim, the Hasidim Asham, Asham Hasidim. So that's theory. Let's continue in the Mishnah. The Mishnah says that somebody actually did what Rabbi Eliezer thought was possible. He's a very great man. We should learn about him. If somebody wants homework, go, go and look up Baba Ben Buta. All kinds of stories about him. So here, here's a very interesting story in the Mishnah. He would bring an ayel. It's a lot of money, okay? Every day he would bring a sham talui. One day he didn't bring. The day following Yom Kippur, Yud Aleph, Betishrei. That was the only day in the year that he didn't bring a sham talui. Amar, hamaon He says, just let me, and I'll also bring it one day after Yom Kippur. I want to bring it every day, including that day. But they didn't let him. What did they tell him? Okay, so this is the first uh, uh, part of the Mishnah. I, I, I'm stopping here because, because, because I, I want to hear what, what you think about, about this man, Baba Ben Buta. Do you like him? Do, do, do you sympathize with him? Do you understand him? What, what is he doing? How? What, what kind of, how is he living his, his life? What, what kind of a religious person is he? Would you do the same thing? If you had the money again, <laughs> right, let, 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 let's assume uh, we're many years after the corona and, 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 and everything has gone up, we have the money to spend in an aisle every day. W would you do this? Yes, we'll meet. Oh. Either you say he's taking it very seriously and that's why he takes, you know, he's afraid of being in suffix so much that he brings it every day. Or you say, he actually doesn't take it so seriously. He says, okay, I'll cover my ground. You know what? I'll bring the ashram every day. So if I do something with suffix, then okay. So I brought my ashram. So there is two ways really to look at it. Oh, very interesting what you said. I think they say about Eov, if I'm not, wrong that he would bring right right at Koban every day yeah it's a very interesting situation that this is like Eov yes Camille 
I was thinking the same thing Ranit said that sort of like it's a secure just for security mm -hmm. like you're secure and you're covering your grounds basically mm -hmm. um which I I guess I could understand but then I think that would leave it open for you to basically not be so careful sort of do whatever you want because you're covering your grounds you're pointing out very very interesting points do we want this kind of security and there's another point there at the end that 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 he wants to bring it also one day after yom kippur and they tell him at least give us give yourself a chance to be in suffolk he would even want to cover that the day after Yom Kippur. So, so I don't know to what side, it, it, maybe I'll say he, he's trying to kill the world of doubt. He doesn't want it in his life. And what does that mean, not wanting the world of doubt so seriously, so badly? He, he can't stand being in doubt. So you said it can, it can cause two different ways of looking at life. It can mean he'll become much more lenient because he has this security around him, or it's showing us that he is living in, in, in a very hysterical um, mode of life, which is very, very hard to see. It, it, it looks almost as a, like an addiction or, 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 or a very, very serious, uh, OCD that he had. Yeah, I was I was going, sorry, Ginger, I was going to say that. I, I only half listened because I was doing some of the tech, but it, it kind of sounds like a control thing, like mm -hmm. controlling, yeah, it sounds like controlling your environment at any cost, like in on either side of the spectrum. Yeah, and, and he's crying, just let me, just even, please, let me bring this Corbin after you keep her. And they're saying, no, let yourself at least enter the house of doubt. I, I, I love that, that, that image, the house of doubt, not beta suffix. Okay, there, there's, he, 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 he doesn't want that house to be built. And they tell him, no, no, no. The Ashantalui has to have at least the, the suffix in order to bring it. Okay, so, 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 so let's keep him in mind. He's standing here with Rabbi Eliezer and let's see what Chachamim say. First of all, they say, we don't let you bring this in Yudalif Betishrei. But, but, but there's also a Mechloket with Rabbi Eliezer. So, so that's the next part. I love this Mishnah. It's one of my favorites. I, I like many sugyot, but, th but this is a very, very nice one. <laughs> okay. Chachamim Omrim, En Levim Hashem Talui, Ela Al Shezdono Karet Veshgigato Chatat. Chachamim say, I'm sorry, Rabbi Eliezer, we disagree with the idea of Hashem Hasidim. We don't think a person can bring Hashem unless he reached this situation, that he did, did something that he's not sure that if he would do it purposely, it would be karet and shageg is chatat, and he doesn't know if he did it. Only then. This part of the Mishnah, I try to teach if I can before Yom Kippur. Why? Because this 
is a very interesting way to understand what Yom Kippur does. I'll, I'll repeat this again and then we'll discuss it. The Mishnah says, if I'm chayav chatat, if I know that I did something that I'm chayav karet, bishogeg, that I'm bishogeg, I, I, I ate chilev, even after Yom Kippur, I have to bring a korban. Because Yom Kippur did not clean that. I, I, if, if I didn't finish, I have to do it. But if I'm not sure if I ate chilev, and I have to bring a shamtalui, and then Yom Kippur came, I don't have to bring a korban. Why? Teaches us the Mishnah, if you didn't know until now, Yom Kippurim acts exactly like a Shantalui. What is the level of kapara that Yom Kippurim gives you? Yom Kippurim helps you deal with these doubts. If you're in doubt, if you did something chamur, so halakhically, you have to bring a shamtului. You didn't bring a shamtului. Yom Kippurim can exchange it. So that actually shows us what, what is the power of Yom Kippur. So I hope before Yom Kippur, you'll return to this because I a lot of times feel, why do I feel so happy in Yom Kippur? Because Yom Kippur really lifts these doubts for me because I do go around in the world asking myself, um, what damage am I doing? Bishogeg. Bishogeg. And I don't even know. And you walk around with these doubts. I mean, you're doing a Shandu Vaganu and, and that list of very bad things. And I know that even if I don't do it, I might be, be causing other people or maybe I'm not stopping other people enough. And, and I feel that burden. So Yom Kippur, I feel that there, there's one day that the burden is lifted and I can breathe again because that's what Yom Kippurin does. We don't have Korbanon now. We can't bring a Shandu, but we have Yom Kippurin. So that's the end of the Mishnah, which I think is very interesting, what Yom Kippurim does to us. And this way we can, we can taste in our mouths the feeling of how it feels to bring a Shantalui. It, it's one of the only korbanot that we can really, really feel the atmosphere. If you remember how you feel at the end of Yom Kippur, that's how a person feels after he brings a Shantalui. So... But there's this machloket, big machloket between Rabbi Eliezer and Chachamim, and Baba Ben Buta was with Rabbi Eliezer, but Chachamim say, no, 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 you can't do that. Okay, before we continue, any comments about uh, Chachamim's view or, or the point about Yom Kippur, or if you want to say which side do you uh, feel closer to, Rabbi Eliezer or Chachamim? Do you think this, this korban is something that a person can bring on his own, or do you think it can only come about if you were actually in such a situation of Safek Karet. Yeah, I, I would definitely go with the, um, it, it seems like it's really meant to be not that often. Like Yom Kippur, the one time a year. So. Or whatever, you know, when you have a real situation, you like it shouldn't be, it doesn't feel like it should be every day to me. I mean, I feel, I, I guess what came to mind was the holier than thou. He's like trying a little too hard. And, and I don't know if he's trying to impress anybody, but it, you know, uh, the OCD is another angle that could be, but I guess uh, the impress other people seem like it, you're doing it for the wrong reasons maybe, or so I don't know, but I guess it's not clear. Like it's not, it's not a set thing. Like you can't bring it, you can only bring it X times. You can't bring it Y times. Mm -hmm. Good. No, no, so so you're, putting, you're, you're bringing us into the Gemara because we know that some of the korbanot you can bring voluntarily. 
And this machloket is, 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 can you bring this korban voluntarily? And, 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 and on one hand, Rabbi Eliezer says, yes. Because this is something, you know, Yom Kippur is something that clears a person. I, I'm allowing a person who wants Yom Kippur every day can have Yom Kippur every day. It's his choice. I'm opening that door to him. And then we see what happens. There's a person who actually does it. <laughs> but Chachamim say, no, 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 no. You cannot volunteer this. This is not something that I want to open the door to. So I, 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 when I learn a machloket, I really try as much as I can to empathize, to feel empathy to both sides. Okay, to try to, try to say, because like you, you know, when I, when I think also the Mishnah is against Rabbi Eliezer. We know he's from Bet Shammai and we see Baba in Buta and we feel this is all distracted, but, 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 but I was trying to say it in a way Let's, let's say it this way. Bhagavan Buddha is not good for Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer, uh, this option that if you feel distressed, you can make yourself a Yom Kippur a few times uh, in, during the year. That's not so bad. I can empathize with that. When I see Bhagavan Buddha, I feel he took it way too far. But, but, but the actual idea that I, that I can volunteer this Korban it's not so problematic in my eyes. I, 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 I can see that. Why only allow a person to volunteer? Olot, uh, menachot. Uh, why not let him volunteer Yom Kippur? Maybe he really needs this. Maybe people really need this. It's very interesting that here, the Bet Shammai is opening the door to this. But let's look at the Gemara, what the Gemara does. Because the Gemara is doing a similar thing to what I try to do in the Mishnah. They try to understand both sides fully. So the Gemara continues. The Gemara asks, I love this question. Whenever the Gemara asks this question, I, 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 I feel I want to... Then I check it, the Gemara. Lama? My time the Rebilezer. Tell us, Rabbi Eliezer. We, we, we had all kinds of ideas. Why? Why, why, why do you think you're being a shantalu like this? If al gadata chovahi mitiadeala, am I mighty chatat? Ela shmamina nedavahi. So says the Gemara, obviously Rabbi Eliezer doesn't think it's, it's, it's a korban chova. Obviously Rabbi Eliezer, what he says is that it's a volunteer korban. This is korban nedava. So you can have a sham taluyas and a dava. That's his chidush. The Rabbanan, what did they think? Ola veshlamim hu deatu benedar venedava, vel chatat veasham chovaninu. Veasham taluy, haynu teama. Lemaite mikama dimentiadeale, lehagen alav, da Torah chasa al gufan shel Israel. So the Gemara here, says they understand very well Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Eliezer has one chiddush. This korban can be korban nedava. We know korbanot nedava. Uh -huh. Korbanot nedava is also tefillon nedava. I dive in shachris. I can dive in again if I want. I can, I, I, and, I, and I can say a, a special statement in my tefillah. That's tefillah nedava, korban nedava. I can't do it on Shabbos because on Shabbos and Yom Tov, you're not allowed to bring extra korbanot. You're allowed also to bring, only to bring the korban of the day. And that's why 
uh, we don't say mizmor letoda on Shabbos ve'yom tov, because mizmor letoda is a person who's bringing an extra korban. And you can only do that ve'yom chol. You can't do that on Shabbos ve'yom tov. But what Rabbi Eliezer says that a sham can also become a korban edema. Wonderful. So what do Chachamim say? The Gemara says, Chachamim are saying, I don't allow this idea of Nedava. Um, there's a computer here that needs to be taken. Okay. Chachamim say, I, I don't think you can do Nedava when it comes to guilt. I'm sorry. Guilt is not an option to be added voluntarily. That's not an option. Why did God give us then this korban asks the Gemara if guilt is not is not an option so he's not guilty right because if he will find out that he that he actually did this this Avera he will have to bring a korban again so why did God give him this korban says the Gemara very interesting statement what does the Gemara mean suddenly Right? We're, we're not in the Ramban, we're not in our Svarat. We have a line in the Gemara that explains to us why do we bring Hashem Talui. How do you understand this? What does the Gemara explain to us? Why, according to Chachamim, do we bring uh, this Korban? Maybe you know the statement. Usually we, it's called Hatorah Chasa Mamunam Shel Israel. That's why the Torah doesn't, doesn't ask for a lot of money to build the Mishkan and all kinds of other halachot are, 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 are important. You, you, don't, you don't have to spend a lot of money in order to be a Jew. But here it says, so, so what does this mean? God is afraid of something. He's sorry for us. He, 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 he said, he, 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 he's worried. He's worried about our bodies. So because he was worrying about our bodies, he's giving us korban asham talui. Please explain. We, we, we can try Rashi or to look around. Let's see. I, I have first honey, but I usually I, I like to try to think on my own before. Let's say you were God. <laughs> okay. And you see a person in doubt. And and, and, and what so we feel right when we when we see Baba and Buddha, but but if you see a person who's really in doubt, so 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 you're in pain for him, right? You're sad for him. I have a question. This is a kind of sideways comment. I don't. I just want to know where is joy in all of this? If all we're doing is doubt, I mean, I feel so bad for the man who every day lives totally in doubt. Where does he make room for joy? I don't know if that even makes sense. But it's a very important question you're asking, and I'm asking myself the same question after the cult. I think, therefore, I am, and I'm not sure about anything. Do we have joy in our lives? And I think the Torah is asking this question because if you're Jewish, much before the cart, you have many doubts. We, we didn't need that. We, 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 we live, we know about Jewish guilt, right? <laughs> uh, 
being Jewish is being guilty. How being, can we be happy? Being <laughs> Jewish is being joyful. Right. So how? I think God looks at us and says, I know that I'm putting you in a serious position. Because being Jewish, you know, that, that's what I described. If, if, if you know Torah, and if you know, so you understand that, that life is hard and things are happening and things are happening amazing and the shogig. And, and it's living, being a Jew is living, especially if you have all your history on your backs. We are carrying a very, very heavy load. How are we surviving? Not only surviving, how do we become happy? Is Baba Ben Buddha a happy person? Are we happy people? I hope so. But how? What do we do? It's the life God gave us, and we should be thankful for it. It's a wonderful thing. And also, we have a mission given to us specifically to be a light unto nations. And how could that not be a good thing? Even though a lot of what God thinks is okay, it really is horrible for us personally. But basically, it has, I'm not saying it makes me happy when horrible things happen or when I read Jewish history and see, oh my God, one more nation tried to kill us. But it does make me happy that we're still here. And it does make me very joyful, joyful that I get to understand the Torah. I get to be part of it. I get to be part of the whole Jewish people. I don't know. It's very exciting to me. I, I Even though it is you. very dramatically painful sometimes. No, no, I, I agree with you. But what I'm trying what, what I'm trying to point out, what I think is that Asham Talui is something that God gave us in order to help us not be uh, carry this load. I, I, I think originally, and I think this is what the Gemara is discussing. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and we should know and acknowledge this. We have Yom Kippur, and that helps us carry the slow. That's why God gave us Yom Kippur. Mm -hmm. That's why we love Yom. That's why Yom Kippur is really the happiest day in the year, because we feel light. Because then we can be joyful, really. Because we can we can at least for one day uh, shed from us a lot of the heaviness that we're carrying. And now what we've discovered through our learning is that there's a korban who does exactly the same thing, and that korban is a sham talui. And the statement that Chachamim are saying is that God gave us to us because he is being kind to us, because he knows that if we're in distress, because we really don't know if we did something that is, that is chayav chatat, he doesn't want us to stay in that situation. He's chasalenu. This is, this is his rachamim. He's chasalenu. Chasal gufenu. And I love this. It's not about our money. It's our bodies. What does it mean, our bodies? When I first read this Gemara, I thought, actually, when I first read Hashem Talui in the Psukim, I thought, oh, wow, this is great. He's helping me mentally. He's helping me not go crazy with this load. Thank you. You are acknowledging, what, what God is doing here is he's, he's acknowledging my distress in doubt, which is wonderful because he's never doubtful. <laughs> and, and he sees us in the doubts and he says, I, I feel that you're suffering. So I'm helping you bring this and then you can calm down because you need us to help your mind. But here the Gemara says, you need us to help your bodies. So at first, when I read the Gemara, I said, wow, this is mind and body together. The Gemara understands that if I am bouncing off the walls because I'm not sure if I did it, something that is chayav chatat, that's hurting my body. <laughs> that will be hurting my mind. So use it when you're in, you, you, you don't, 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 don't take morphium if, if you can use Akamo, okay? 
hard. Okay, fine. And there's Yom Kippur, and, and that's and, and that's fine. Use this. It's more for him when you're in distress. And I understand when you're in distress, I'm giving this a chas al gufan to Israel. So, so, so that's really what I read in this Gemara. And uh, I don't know how you feel about it, but I, I, I love this. I love this. And, 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 and then it looks to me like an answer to the Rambam. Why is this an answer to the Rambam? At least in my view. Because the Rambam says, this Korban has nothing to do with the fact that you... That, that, you didn't do anything bad. You're not bringing it because you're, you, you, you did something bad yet. It's not because uh, you didn't take care or because I'm afraid that the world, all these tomorrow that we said, no. This is something that God helped you to help yourself. God does acknowledge doubt, but he doesn't acknowledge, he doesn't acknowledge this as something that you have to take a step back from, but he acknowledges it as something that you might suffer from. And that's a shamtalui. So that's why Hashem is no kushia on the Rambam. If this is true. Right? That's what I thought. But there's one problem <laughs> with this, this line of thinking. Hashem uh, is not an option. If I actually am not sure if I ate chelev, I am chayav to bring this korban. <laughs> so, so if God just wants to help me emotionally, I would have expected that, that if I'm feeling distressed, I'll bring the korban. And if I'm not, so I'll be pater, right? But that's not the halacha. Halacha is I have to. And if I don't want to, they'll, they'll hit me till I bring the korban. Okay, <laughs> I am chayav. So, 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 so there's something uh, not 100% uh, straight about my line of argument. Because it's chova. You agree? Do you, you see this like dancing <laughs> around us? But if I come to a rabbi and I said, "Listen, I don't know if I'm if I chalav," and he said, "Well, listen, lady, you have to bring korban chatat asham talui," and then I go back home. And I tell Shmuel, my husband, okay, we need to bring Hashem to Louis. And he tells me, what? Are you sure you did this? And then I go back and say, no, I don't want to bring, I'm chayav, I'm chayav to bring Hashem to Louis. I'm chayav. <laughs> I have to spend the money, I'm chayav. So that's a problem. Um, let's try to, to, to solve this problem because I like this answer to the Rambam. I, I, I think it's a good way to solve the Rambam. And I did find somebody who helps me, who asks this exact question. So if this is to be chas al gufan shel Israel, why is it chova? Doesn't work. <laughs> if, if, if it's just to help me, so it's if I want. Where, where is the chiv here? So I brought you this parshan. It's called Aruch Lanir. Um, very interesting uh, person. This is a short biography about him. I'm not very good in history, so I try when I learn to return to the biographies, and if I do it enough times, then I, I end up remembering at least something. So, Aruch Lener, um, Yaakov Yokev Etlinger. He was born in 1798 in Germany. Okay, so he's an Acharon, 
and he's reading this Gemara and asking a question. And this is what he's asking. I don't understand. If, if Hashem Talui is a shield uh, to help me escape doubt, so if I want the shield, I'll bring it. If I don't want the shield, I, I won't bring it. It shouldn't be Chodah. Continues Aruch Haner and says, Lachen ka'amar, da Torah chasa al gufan shel Yisrael. Ukmo she'asur le'abed atzmo ladat, kedikhtiv ve'achet nafshechem ladafshotechem edrosh, kumochen asur le'saken atzmo ba'makom, da Torah ratzta lachus al gufan shel Yisrael. Aruch Haner says here something um, interesting. In order to understand, we, we need go, to go back to the Ramban. Let's, let's do the situation. I, 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 ate, I ate a piece of something. I don't know if it was Asur or not. There are two options. Either it was Asur and I'm Chayav Chatat, or it was Mutar, I'm not Chayav anything. The only person who knows, he's not a person, it's God. God knows, right? So if I did do something wrong, I will be getting punished by God. Because if I did that, I deserve punishment. Uh, but I don't know. So if, I, if I'm going to escape this, what will happen? I will be getting punished, and I might be getting serious punishment from God. Says Aruch Lanir, we don't want that. What does Hashem Talui do? It protects you from that. If you bring Hashem Talui, God will, will not do anything to you. You'll be protected. Protected from what? From the punishment you're supposed to get if you actually did that something wrong. We don't want you to play with that because we don't want people to be punished by God. We want people to do tshuva. We're not interested in that. And if you don't want to protect yourself, we'll force you to protect yourself. Why? You're not allowed to kill yourself. You're not allowed to, 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 to open your door to, to God's punishment. That's what Aruch Lanir says. From his answer, you can see the hardship in the Gemara, right? It's what he's saying is is really taking us three, four steps ahead. But if we go with him, that's an interesting answer to, to my question. But I don't know if you like him. I don't feel he fits very well, but I brought him because he's taking my line of argument and, and, and helping it go all the way to answer the Rambam. But when I read his commentary, I don't feel it's really written in the Gemara. And I am preferring to stay in a kushia than to take this in two hands. And that's why I feel that we have to continue to look for an answer for the Rambam. And we haven't reached uh, our, our solution yet because I don't think the Rambam, if he would have given the shear, this would have been his statement. Oh, Asham Taluya is only to help you protect yourself in this way that you will that doesn't sound Rambam to me. I don't think that's why the Rambam said that Safek is mutar and still you bring Hashem Talui. But still, I like that line of argument <laughs> as an answer to myself. That, that Hashem Talui is something that is supposed to help me deal with doubt, but only help me when I actually walk into the house of Safek and not like Baba Ben Buta to use it all the way. Chachamim and halacha kechachamim. I should not, I, there is an option to use this all the time, but it's not been pasking. We as Jews, at least after this Mishnah, know 
that that option is closed to us, the door is closed to use this net in such a way. It exists to help us, but we're not supposed to live our lives like Baba Ben Buta and Rabbi Eliezer. So I, I, I think that's just a statement that we can take in two hands, okay? Was a machloke, but halacha is basking like chachamim. So, 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 so that's a good statement for us uh, with our guilt. Okay, we should not be walking around with this amount of guilt. Uh, the, your, your question about joy, we're not supposed to be so heavy. Baba Ben Buddha is not our way. We, we're supposed to walk in the world lightheartedly until we reach this situation and then we have a solution. And it's an important solution. We need it to protect us from doubt. Okay, so actually, I could have finished now because what we have trouble with, Kobano. Mm. Okay, so uh, what, what, what you're asking, you need something very deep about Kobanot. Uh, let, let me just say this. Um, we don't have Kobanot now. Right? But I do feel I need to protect myself from myself. So that's the maximum I can take because I also don't understand how Kobana work, but I do understand uh, and I do know that guilt and doubt eats up, right? But myself and God is much closer than what sometimes people uh, you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, God is dangerous. The God in herself is dangerous. The super ego is very, very, very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can feel, and 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 we need to talk with 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 that. With, with what does it mean to be to be Jewish and and, and to be observant? and to be serious and to be so full of super ego, is that killing us? Are we killing ourselves or are we still, are we alive and are we joyful? And we have to be alive and joyful, yes, yes. So, 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 yeah. So, so that, 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 that's where I'm, I'm moving it easily, actually. I, I, I don't hear you. I need you, 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 you wanna? <laughs> Uh, Pesach is coming, so also you should be a little more relaxed. <laughs> I remember you, there's Yom Kippur, that's a relaxing point. That's why Purim is before Pesach. Okay. So so there are two more steps that, 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 that we need to take in order to have better answers for the Rambam. And the next two, 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 two stages are really serious, what we're going to learn is 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 mamash serious according. So I want to do now the sugya, uh, just to have the base, and then next week we'll begin from the sugya and learn the chorni because these are two hard texts that you have also in in your uh, sheets. You can read them three, four, five, ten times because they're very very interesting. But let's start from the sugya. The sugya itself is 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 also. Uh, uh, a harder sugya than what we've de dealt with up till now. Okay, so are you ready? <laughs> Let's get into it. 
Okay, so I'm moving back in Kretot to an earlier sugya. In Daf Yud Zayin. Okay, Mishnah. Safek achal chalev, safek lo achal. Hey, the piece, I don't know. Was it chalev, was it not? Ve'afilu achal, I ate chalev. Safek yesh bo shiur, safek en bo. It's very important to know that you're not chayab till you ate kashiur. Kashiur means kazait. You know, you're not sure if you ate kazait or not kazait. Shuman ve'chalev lefanav, ve'achal achad mehem ve'enu yada ezo mehem achal. אשתו ואחותו עמו בבית, שגג באחד מהם ואינו יודע באיזה מהם שגג. שבת ויום טוב, עשה מלאכה באחד מהם ואינו יודע באיזה מהם עשה, מביא אשם תלוי. List of all kinds of, 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 of שגגות, when you bring אשם תלוי. So we see here two categories. One category is that I'm doing something, but I'm not sure if that is usher. Another category is I had two different things, two doors. And I don't know even if I walked into the wrong door. The way that the Gemara will discuss this, the first part of the Mishnah they will call Chaticha Achat. And the second part is Chaticha Achat Mishte Chatichot. Okay? This will be meaningful when we continue to the Gemara. So I'm jumping to the Gemara. How do we understand this Mishnah? There are three different ways in the Gemara. of understanding this Mishnah. A big machloikis between the Amoraim, how to understand. Rav'asi itma, machloikis Amoraim. Rav'asi chaticha achat shaninu, safek shel chelev, safek shel shuman. Chia barav amar, chaticha mishte chatichot shaninu. This is the first machloikis of the Amoraim. Are we discussing one Peace, or are we discussing two pieces that we're not sure which one is Asur? Well, I'm stopping here because I, I want us to try to, to understand what's the difference. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why is Rav Asi uh, uh, being in Machlokes with Chia Barav? Okay, Rav Asi says, this whole discussion is, let's find something to eat here. I'm drinking this, is this Asur? Okay, that's, I don't know. I'm not sure what's in here. What does Chia Barab say? Chia Barab says, one of this is Batuach Asur. I know 100% that there is an issue here. I just know, don't know which one it is. What's the difference between if I don't know if this is Asur or Mutar, or if I'm, I know there's an issue, I just don't know where to place it. How do you, how do you feel the difference? Well, one of them is that you definitely had the Asur, right? Right. When I have two pieces, there is an issue. I just don't know where it is. <laughs> I know there's something bad in the room. I just don't know. I know there's a murder in the room. I don't know which one it is. Or I don't know. Maybe we're all tzaddikim. There's no murderer here. There's a very different feeling when I walk into a room and I, I don't know if there's a murderer. If I walk into a room and I know, I know there's a murderer. I just don't know which one it is. Right? Imagine all the situations, right? You see the people standing uh, and you're bringing the witness, uh, which one is it? So you know, how do you look at these people, right? Each one of them can be a monster. How do you? How do I feel? But when, but when I'm walking to a crowd, you know, I don't know. Maybe no one. Maybe everybody here. Totally different feeling, right? So that's the machloket between Ravasin and Chiyavarav. Do I have to bring a shamtalui 
even if I was totally in, in a situation that I, that I had no idea there was something wrong, or I only had to bring a shantaloui if there was something bad in the room, I just didn't know where to place it. So these are two very different views of a shantaloui because the first one means I'm much more stringent. Even if I don't know there's something bad here and I did something and I really don't, maybe I really did nothing, I have to bring a shantaloui. Chia Barav says, listen, you were not only in the house of Suffolk, you were in a Purim party with the Suffolk. <laughs> you know, there's something here. Then you have to bring a shantaloui. It's a more lenient shantaloui because you only bring it when you were really being problematic. Okay, so let's continue with the sugya. We have six more minutes. <laughs> um, okay. So the Gemara asks, what is the machloket between Ravasi and Chiyabarav? I, I love the Gemara. They always, they, they, they ask why. Okay, what? And here we have uh, three different explanations. Ravasi savar yesh em la masoret. And Chiyabarav amar yesh em la mikra mitzvot karinam. What this machloket? This first explanation uh, between the two of them. Uh, okay, we'll do this, and this will be the end of this year because this first explanation is going to come here, but we will ditch it very quickly. There is a big discussion in the Gemara how to read the Torah. If you read this pasuk about Hashem Talui, the pasuk says, and the way the word mitzvot is written, it's written mitzvat. It's not written with two vavs, it's written with one vav. So now we have a problem because what's written in the Torah is if you were doing mitzvat. But when we read it, when we're learning, we're saying mitzvot. Why do we say mitzvot written mitzvat? Because there's a masoret of how to read the Torah. There's a Masoret of Chachmeh Mesorah, and they told us many times, even though it's written this way, you have to read it differently. That's, you know, the two Torah that were given in Har Sinai, Torah Shebichtav, Torah Shebaltek. Now, Chachamim have a big machloket. How are we passing halacha? Do we, do we, does halacha work according to what is written or according to what's the Masoret of how to read it? So this is the machlok, that's the first suggestion that the Gemara says, oh, this machlok between Chia Barav and Ravasi has nothing to do, Yael, with your emotions, has nothing to do with your svarot. It has a lot to do about, are we reading the Torah the way it's written? Are we reading the Torah the way it is in the Masura? If I'm reading it according to how it's written, it says mitzvat. It means even if I'm having only one thing, it's mitzvat, one. But if it's mitzvat, it's the situation of the two. So forget about your svarot. You said beautiful things about the spikot and their house, and very nice, but it's irrelevant. <laughs> it's a very totally different machloket. But the next uh, three uh, ways of reading the machloket in the Gemara are going to say serious philosophical ideas about this machloket. So that's where we will continue next week. And I think I will give you a spreadsheet of working more seriously with the Gemara, because it's not an easy Gemara. And I'll try to open it up and spread it out to be more clear so you can go over it before this year and then you can finish it uh, entirely together. So I'm just summing up what we saw. 
we went back to trying to understand the Rambam. I gave one option of reading the Rambam. I said, okay, Hashem Talui has nothing to do with being stringent. It has a lot to do with God being helpful to us because we are carrying a heavy, heavy load and God is giving us Hashem Talui to help us. I love that, but Hashem Talui is chova. That's the only problem. So Aruch Lanel said, well, yeah, because you're you're afraid of the suing that might come to you. So it's chova, like you're not, you're not allowed to hurt yourself. You're not allowed to kill yourself. You're not allowed to be chovel yourself. You're not allowed to open the door to have Yisurim from God. You're afraid from God. I didn't like that. He gave an answer, but I didn't feel, I didn't feel the Rama would use it. And in order for myself to use it, I did a lot of modifications. And I said, I'm not afraid from the Yisurim of God. I'm afraid of myself and my guilt and the Yisurim that I'll bring over myself and the rest. But, but I thought these things are important and interesting, but they're not a good enough answer to the Rambam. And I don't think the Rambam would have said this here. So we started to look to another option and we started to learn a new sugya to show that there's actually a machloka when you bring a shamtului. Do you bring a shamtului when you have just one piece that you're doubtful about, or do you bring a shamtului if there are two pieces you're doubtful about? And now the Gemara is going to ask, why is there a machloka? And we'll try to dive into that next weekend to try to give a different answer, a stronger answer to understand the Rambam. How does the Rambam deal with the psukim of a shamtului? So we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you so much, Rabbanichi Mani, for yet another very interesting uh, third class in this series. Love your classes. And thank you to everyone who joined us today uh, here on Zoom with us on Drisha Live and on Facebook. Uh, we continue our spring program this evening at 8 p.m. with a class on the laws of Nida with Rabbanit Leah Sarna and also Rabbanit Sarah Wokenfeld. Due to the nature of this class, it is not live streamed uh, or recorded, so please register in advance if you'd like to attend uh, via Zoom. We also have a class uh, tomorrow, Wednesday at 8 p.m. with Rabbi David Silber on King Solomon and his demons. Uh, so go ahead and register for that uh, if you'd like. It will be live streamed. Uh, in addition, we have many more classes happening all the time, so you can find out more information as well as the registration links on our website at www.drisha.org slash classes. This is just my uh, bird clock. Um, or watch live <laughs> at www.drisha.org slash live when you could watch uh, all the recordings of our classes. Thank you again for the opportunity to learn with you, Rabbanichi Moni. Uh,